Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm SelectBet and I'm joined by Greg for our weekly look at the Scottish leagues this weekend. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. I'm good. New month. Yep. New month, 1st of September today, so looking forward to another profitable month, hopefully, in Scottish yep. football. Fingers crossed, and of course it's the big one this weekend at St Johnson v St Mirren, so who else to have on the podcast but long-suffering St Mirren fan Div McDonald from Pine Bovril. How's it going, Div? Less of the long-suffering, I think, my friend. <laughs> three, three wins on the bounce. I love to the heavy heights of six in the league. Absolutely bouncing, mate. Uh, loving life as a St Mirren fan. And are you going to Perth on Saturday? Yeah, buzzing, absolutely buzzing for a trip to Perth. Not a game I normally look forward to, but I'm very excited. Uh, hopefully we'll take a, a good support up and uh, keep our winning run going because obviously we're obviously unbeaten against St Johnson in our last four games as well. <laughs> shots, shots fired already, Greg. I'm okay with that, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I take it you'll be going to the game as well, Greg? I will be, yes. Um, I'll, I'll I'll some abuse. Um, hopefully. I think St Mirren fans are on the main stand, so... It's a fair bit away from where I'll be sitting, but I'll, I'm quite, quite quite a loud voice on Saturday, so hopefully Dev will hear me. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on to that game amongst all the others, and uh, I think for the first time in a long time, it's a full Scottish card on the one day this weekend, so plenty to look forward to. We've got Celtic v Rangers, we've got St Johnston hosting St Mirren, what more could we want this weekend, Greg? That's a fantastic weekend, and all kicking off with the Old Firm game at what? 12 o'clock, is it? Yeah, I think it is 12, yeah. So a great way to start the weekend. Uh, Two teams in great form. Yeah, but before we get there, as always, we'll recap on last week's podcast and it was one of our best of the season so far. Yeah, it was a tremendous weekend last weekend. Everything came together. I think the bookies got absolutely hammered. Mm. Uh, Aloha, who scored two at Peterhead. I still can't believe the prices we were getting for Aloha to score two against Peterhead on Saturday. We had Aberdeen to score two against Livingston. That came in at 11 to 10. Queen's Park, what a shout they were, 13 to 8 yeah. to beat a struggling Cove side. We had St Mirren v Hibs Corners. That came in as well quite comfortably. Uh, and a nice little 1-0 win for St Mirren. And we also had a Corners treble, courtesy of a few late corners at Inverness. And that paid 3 to 1. So a terrific weekend. We had loads of other pointers as well. I think we had Al- Aloha to win the corner count at 4-5 to five against uh, Peterhead as well. Mm. We mentioned Daniel Phillips to get booked for St Johnston against Hearts. He did again. I think they've got him to come once we get to the St Mirren match. And the only disappointment was Dundee United against Celtic. Three United corners. They had two after 42 minutes. I was counting the winnings and they then got battered 9-0. <laughs> yeah, so, I think... I think the United's corners count was the least of their worries. <laughs> not for me, it wasn't. Not for me in the last 15, 20 minutes to get up the park and try and get a corner. But no, it was a cracking weekend and looking forward to this weekend's car too. Yeah, let's get stuck into it because I know that Div cannot wait. It's the most excited I've ever heard a man of his age, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> especially at this time in the day. Uh, we're going to start with Celtic v Rangers. That's the early kickoff that gets our weekend off to an absolute flyer. It should be a, it should be an absolute cracker. Um, both teams going into this in pretty good form. Celtic have just been relentless and probably grabbing most of the headlines. They've now scored 25 goals in their first five games. They're 37 unbeaten in the Premiership. And as I say, they've just been absolutely relentless. Rangers, 
very good start to the season as well. The only block for them is that 2-2 draw. Hibs, obviously, they were down to nine men and they just seem to be getting the job done. They've obviously tremendously uh, qualified for the Champions League as well. Both teams have got massive games in midweek to look forward to and we're all set up for an absolute cracker at lunchtime on Saturday, Greg. It certainly will be. I think you've made the point that both sides come into this match in really good form. I can't remember a match, to be fair. There's probably been loads, but where both sides have been in such good form. And I think it makes it a little bit difficult in terms of picking a winner here. I know Celtic are at home at 10 to 11, and you have to say worthy favourites, given the way they're playing at the moment. But it's an old firm game. Anything can happen. I'm pretty sure Rangers will have their backers at 3 to 1. It's never a match for me to get involved in from a, a win perspective. Uh, I, I think it'd stay well clear of picking a team to win here. But as I said, Celtic will have their backers too, given how they've played recently. And obviously, absolutely battered Dundee United last weekend. It is a combination of both. Celtic were fantastic. They passed the ball so quickly and so well, but Dundee United were miles off them too. This will be a much tougher test for Celtic. Rangers don't want to go five points behind. Really don't want to lose this game, Rangers. I think they would more than be happy, happy to take a draw here. I think, to be honest with you, I think Celtic would as well. But it's a difficult one to suss out. Been quite tight games recently, the old firm games. one all, one all, 2 one after extra time, 2-1, one, 1-0 one and a 3-0. So it's not been much between them. And Celtic Park, I think it's been one all, 3-0 and one all in the last three meetings. So I think for me, as always with this match, it's best looking at this game from a cards and corners angle. Yeah, you've got plenty to look at, plenty of data to go on as well. Nick Walsh is a referee. I think this is his first uh, first time in charge of this fixture. Is that right? I think it is, yeah. It's usually yeah. a combination of either beating Column <laughs> yeah. or what's his face? Is Bobby, Bobby Madden. Bobby Madden, as well. yeah. yeah. Um, so Nick Walsh, he's handed out five red cards in eight games already this season, season 27 yellows. Last year, he dished out 10 red cards in, in 41 games last season, Greg. But you think he might be looking to keep a lid on this one? Yes. See, for me, in this match, I, I think what he's done beforehand is irrelevant. I think given it's his first old firm game, he'll want to get another old firm game to ref I'm guessing as a referee that's the match you want to be refereeing or maybe not (laughs) maybe maybe, maybe you don't but I can't imagine you come into that profession and not want the biggest game in the Scottish calendar so I think he's going to come into this one and as always try and keep a lid on it try and keep his cards in his pocket as early as he can Bobby Madden was great for that last season I think he refereed a few firm games and going by the data it's quite compelling to be fair of the last five Old Firm games, there's been five first-half cards, but 18 second-half cards. And looking back across those five games, there's been zero cards, three cards, one card, one card, and one card. So for me, I think the first-half unders, now, as you know, not a massive fan of unders at any point in life, but it's something that's worked for us before. We backed it last season in terms of backing under first half cards, but over second half cards. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely an angle here, I think, on backing under. Under three cards is one to two, which I think is a very, very safe bet. I don't see there being three cards in that first half. But you, you never know. It could be a bloodbath. But <laughs> I just think, given it's his first old firm game, it's the first old firm game of the season, Saturday early kickoff. I just think he'll be keen to just try and keep things contained and 
won't be that keen to dish out too many cards early on. Yeah, they've only by Leverkusen have won at Celtic Park under Andrew Postecoglou's reign. Can you make a case at all for Rangers to win on Saturday? I, I see this being kind of tailor-made for Rangers in a way in terms of it being like a European game for them. I think they've proven in Europe that they can go away like they did in Eindhoven and pull up a really good performance when they're kind of not really particularly fancy to do so. But having said that, I think Celtic will blow them away. I think Celtic will win on, on Saturday. I really do. Um, I think they're just in incredible form. I think we, you saw last night they rested pretty much their whole team. Still blew away Ross County at Dingwall. I thought they were excellent again last night. Um, Rangers, for me, they are, they're playing well, yes. But they are, they're getting, as you said, they're getting the job done. Um, and I, I just I think they're going to struggle a wee bit on Saturday. I think, um, this is, for me, it's got shades of the, the game last season when Celtic uh, battered them 3-0. For me, it's, it's kind of got that same vibe to it. I think Rangers will be dogged and I think they'll be trying to hit the counter and all that sort of stuff. But I think Celtic are too, far too much about them at the moment. And I think uh, Celtic will win this game. Yeah, I think a lot of it could come down to the, the first goal. And we know that Celtic like to start early. Greg, we've we've often kind of championed first half corners for Celtic, and that might be an angle uh, this weekend as well. I, I think it has to be. I think Div mentioned that Thino win last week, last season, sorry, and cast my mind back to that. I've never seen a first half old firm game like that before. Mm-hmm. Celtic were relentless. They absolutely battered Rangers in that first half. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but. You'd expect Celtic to beat the traps very, very quickly. It'll be a fantastic atmosphere. And looking at the corner markets, okay, Celtic did us a few weeks ago at home to Hearts, but that was a bit of a freak outcome in terms of the, the fact that Hearts won that corner count. Mm-hmm. But Celtic are 75 to hit four first half corners on, on Saturday, which I think is a very, very attractive price. Yeah. Normally, you're getting four to five, eight to 11 on a typical Celtic match at home against anybody else in the league but to get 75 at home I think it's worth taking on yeah so that's first half corners yeah yeah Celtic over 3.5 first half corners at 75 that's a tremendous price really good it really is it's one of those bets I think given the price of it I don't think you can't can not back it at that price yeah and have you quite fancy a corner angle on this one as well yeah, so as Greg said, obviously Celtic only got four at home to Hearts, but other than that, they've still hit reasonable numbers, not quite this, the same level as last season, but 9, 12, 8 and 11, and they hit another, I think, 11 or 12 last night. So I, I, I've fancied the bet 3.65 race to seven corners, which Celtic are 2.1, so just over evens. Um, I think Rangers do get quite a few corners, obviously, in their games as well, um, which put me off going in the handicap, which is set at minus two for Celtic. Um so I think race to seven, as Greg says, I think Celtic will come out of the traps flying. They'll try and kill the game as early as they can. And I think they'll rack up a few early corners. I, I do fancy them. I don't think Rangers will get seven. So I think your basic just your gamble here as well, Celtic get seven. Mm-hmm. I think 2.1 is, is a reasonable shout, especially for them at home in a game that they will not give up. You know, in terms of even if they went 3-0 up, they're going to keep going for more and more and more. It's not like another game where they might take the foot off the gas. They will go for blood. So I think... Yeah, I, I really fancy that. 2.1 for Celtic to win race to seven corners. Greg, we've discussed in the podcast, certainly down south, we've looked at teams with high possession counts and that's reflected often in the corners. And this is a game, this is a feel that Celtic will likely dominate possession in this game. 
as Rangers potentially might set up in a kind of European type for, format. Uh, so that lends well to Celtic winning any kind of corner race as well. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think Celtic to win the corner count is a good shout. But I guess with the corner markets, it's sometimes good not to have to worry about how many corners the other side gets. And that's why I think Div's approach on the race to 10 is quite good. It doesn't matter how many Rangers get up until seven, obviously. But I just think it's a nice market to look at. Yeah, OK. Div, you, you're quite keen on Celtic to win it. Uh, Greg, are you prepared to put your neck on the line? I certainly wouldn't back against Celtic. I, I think it would be a surprise if Rangers won this match. But I, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it a draw. <laughs> so, um, Celtic will probably win, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see this match finish a draw. Yeah, okay, so Celtic are 10 to 11 Rangers, about the 3 to 1 mark. But if your bet in that game is going to be Celtic to win the race to seven corners, and that pays what? 2.1, did you 2. say? 2.1, yeah, or you can be safe and just go over six and a half Celtic corners, which is even money, which yeah. is completely eliminates Rangers out of it. Uh, I also quite fancy Kolak to get a yellow at 3.2 because he's had three yellows and nine appearances and he won't be subbed, uh, which is obviously the risk in these sorts of games. Um, yeah. We'll won't get, won't get subbed, so quite fancy that. And I think Juranovic is, is the penalty taker at mm-hmm. uh, 5.5 is a reason we'll shout for any time. Yeah, well, good shout. Just on that note about the, the player card markets in this match, the, the bookies don't give much away. Connor Goldson's odds on to get booked. It's just ridiculous. 20 to 21 to get booked. That's less than what Scott Brown was <laughs> during his games. Less than what Morelos was when he plays. Yeah, so a very short price, isn't it? I don't think there's much opportunity to get a decent bet builder on, on the cards market. You would have to get four players to get booked. Mm. And to be fair, most players are around about the same price. Five to four, six to four. There's nobody really value-wise, other than Kolak that Div has mentioned, um, that stand out. So just off the back of that as well, the bookies always set the line really, really high on cards in the old-form game. Uh, again, I'm not a massive fan of unders, but <laughs> looking at that card count at the moment, you're getting 6-5 to five under 6 cards, 8-13 to 13 under 7, and under eight is one to three. So just something to consider if you're looking for something to add to a bet builder or a double. That under eight cards at one to three, I don't think there's going to be eight cards in the game, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll probably get a standard four or five. Yeah. Okay. Should be a good one to get the weekend started. Um, next one, we move on to Hibs v Kilmarnock. I think, well, my own personal opinion is it's probably the worst price of the day. Greg is going <laughs> to win at seven to ten. I was actually laughing to myself before we started recording the podcast. Because I knew what I was going to say about Hibs, in that yeah. how can you possibly back Hibs at seven to ten on yeah. Saturday? It's a golden rule of the Gambler podcast, isn't it? Never back Hibs odds on at home ever, and time and time again, um, we call it right. They play the Kilmarnock side who are off the back of two really good wins, two really good wins. Their season has well and truly kicked off now after a 2-1 win against Motherwell on Saturday and they've gone to Tynecastle last night and done what Kelly do at Tynecastle and, and win. They love going to Tynecastle. <laughs> I just don't know how anyone could back Hibs on Saturday, I'm afraid, in terms of winning the match. Uh, different angles though, I think Dev's got a couple of angles in this game, and so do I, but definitely could not back Hibs at 7-10. to And a manager who, for me, is under pressure. Yeah, definitely under pressure. They've just won one in five for Hibs. I think we mentioned last week four of the five points that they've won have been won in injury time. 
this season. Uh, and Kelly, potentially a season has started now. A good one at Tynecastle last night. It's now two wins in the bounce after what was a tricky start for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I wasn't very impressed at all with Hibs uh, last weekend uh, in Paisley. I thought they were dead one-dimensional di- one and um, really kind of really poor at the back as well. So Kelly seemed to be finding their feet, as you say. Great win for them last night and they'll go back to the capital on Saturday and with high hopes. Um, f- f- for me, this has just got, uh, it's, there's a kind of perfect storm here though. You've got John Beaton, who's in charge, who's uh, never shy of reaching for his pocket. And you've got the two teams with the highest cards uh, total and the highest foul total uh, going head to head. So Kelly, the most yells in the top flight so far with 18, Hibs are second with 16. Hibs have committed the most fouls in the league, 73, and Kelly are second with 73, uh, 74 and 73, sorry. So, and you put a wee bit of pressure on the home side and you get a Kelly side that are pretty physical and I think you've got a recipe for card carnage here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's a good angle. It's something we've touched on a lot, Greg, is the number of cards in the, the Premiership. Yeah, there's been loads. There was loads last season. This season has been frantic, to say the least. Again, you're not getting much value this time in the week in terms of player card markets. Um, you're getting six to five. Alan Power, seven to five to get a booking on Saturday. I quite like the look of Ewan Henderson to get booked for Hibs. He's quite short again, though, at nine to four. Um, Paddy Power, another bookies will have prices out, but bet thesis five are usually pretty quick in the pulse in terms of getting markets out for cards and corners. Yeah, and as you say, Div, it's John Beaton who's the man in the middle. He's averaging 5.33 cards in the Premiership so far this season. Yeah, so the price I kind of picked out was both teams to get over one card, so or two plus cards, which is uh, 2.2, which I really like the look of. I think this will be a physical game. As I say, both teams have got plenty in the bank when it comes to committing fouls and getting cards and, and John Beaton loves uh, getting into his pockets so I think that was a reasonable shout uh, quite fancy corners on this one as well but cards uh, cards is just the stick on for me here yep. I'm surprised to see Ryan Porteous as big as 11-4 to get booked Joe Newell was 11-4 as well and there's former hero Jake Dill Hayes is 11-4 too oh. so I'm not saying all three of them will get booked, but they're quite a big price in comparison to other players in the Hibs team. Yeah, in particular in comparison to that Celtic Rangers game that we've just discussed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very big prices. Greg, in the corner markets, uh, Hibs still lead the way in terms of well, the corners won. So let's far give Hibs a bit of respect. Let's give them the respect that they deserve. And they are the corner kings of the Premiership at the moment. Uh, they've hit, what, 45 corners in five games. And that's no fluke in terms of just hitting one big corner count. They've hit 9, 7, 14, 5 and 10. Got 10 last weekend at Paisley. They've got 14 against Livingston. And they've already hit 7 against Hearts and 5 Rangers at home. So fully expecting Hibs to hit five corners here on, on Saturday. OK, and that will form part of a double, uh, which also takes in the Livingston v Hearts game. It does, and I'll tell you what, that's going to be a really tricky game for Hearts on Saturday off the back of, a, we have to say, a pretty disappointing defeat at home to Kilmarnock in the League Cup. Yeah. Now, you could say Hearts have the reasons. They're missing a lot of key players. They've recently just lost Boyce as well, who's a massive, massive loss for them. Um, and nobody likes a trip to, to Livingston, do they? Um, nobody, not even nobody. to go to the shops. Not even Livingston. <laughs> Enjoy going to Livingston. <laughs> um, but that said, Livingston aren't in great, short, in great form either, to be fair. 
they have struggled the last few weeks. They lost against Motherwell. They were battered last weekend at Aberdeen. And they were beaten by Dundee United last night. So to lose to a side <laughs> who had just been battered 9-0, 4-1, 5-7, loads of different scores Dundee <laughs> lost by. It was um, a really good result for United last night. But Livingston have got to be disappointed with that. To have got to get beaten at home 2-1 against a side. I guess you could say, had Jack Ross been in charge still, United would probably have lost that match last night. And we, we see it time and time again. A team underperforming, lose a manager, and they get a result in the next game. Yeah, we'll come on to Jack Ross in a moment. <laughs> I think, will we? Uh, <laughs> sorry, how you yeah, I've seen nothing of a Jack Ross. <laughs> Not yet. You can see plenty <laughs> when we move on to the next game. Uh, yeah. Listen, Greg, how many times have we written Livy off? They were well beaten by Aberdeen last week. I think that's probably a wee bit more concern than maybe than even last night's exit to uh, Kelly in the Cup. Uh, it's now three defeats in a row. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm not sure how your hearts approach this. They've always got a very difficult game on Thursday. They're without Liam Boyce. It'll be interesting to see Div if they make any moves in the transfer market today. I think they're going to have to, yeah. They're definitely stretched to the limit. Um, I think, I, I said right at the start of the season, I thought that the European group football would be a poison chalice a wee bit for them because although they'll, they'll, they'll get plenty of money from it, I think it's really going to stretch that squad. Um, you're already seeing it. Um, and, th- of course, they've been really unfortunate as well. And the Liam Boyce injury was obviously picked up on league duty and it's just one of those ones that he twisted his knee and he's now out for the season. But it's a massive loss for them. So they're definitely going to need at least another striker in, um, probably another centre-half, I would suggest, as well. Um, it's a tough game for them at Livingston, um, but the Livy have only scored once um, in the last eight games against Hearts since they beat them in that famous 5-0 yeah. game. So yeah. Hearts have got a good record. Um, I, I fancy a, a corner match bet here again at Livingston um, because... Livingston have lost a corner count in all five games that they've played this season. Um, albeit, I think they've, they've, they've had some tough fixtures. They lost 8 0, 14 3, 9 4, 2 1, and 8 3. So they've lost every single one. And I think Hearts can go there and win the corner match bet. That's my, my tip in this game, which I've gone for minus one on Hearts, which is even money on the corner match bet. Yeah, and that's backed up the fact that Hearts actually do pretty well in a corner count away from home. They're averaging 7.5. Compared to Levy, who've actually only won three corners across two games so far at home this season. Yeah, they've hit 11 corners this season so far, Livingston, in five games. And at Perth Academy, they taught me that was 2.2 corners <laughs> per match. So, lowest corners count in the league. You still expect Hearts to have the lion's share of possession in this match. They'll be backed by, what, three, 4,000 Hearts fans. It'll be a very, very tough game, a tight game, I think. But I think Hearts to win the corner count at 4-6, to six, I think, is a cracking bet. And that doubled up with their city rivals, Hibs, to hit five corners is a nice five to four double. Yeah, so a nice little Edinburgh corners double there. Uh, Dev, can you just tell me again what yours was? Hearts minus one? Hearts minus one in the corner match, but yeah, that's that, even money. Even money, yeah, that's a pretty good shout as well. Okay, let's go, Jack Ross. Div, <laughs> uh, he has left the building at Tanadice after just a horrendous two weeks, I suppose. They were in cloud nine after that 1 0 win over Altmar. And I don't think I don't think I've seen a, a team kind of deteriorate so quickly over such a short period of time, and it's obviously cost Jack Ross's job. It, it, it really is. It's incredible how how quickly it unravelled. And I was speaking to uh, one of the Simon board members actually the other day, and he he pointed out that if you actually look at 
Motherwell and Dundee United, both the managers ended up getting sacked on the back of getting humiliated in Europe because it, it was that result, obviously, that kick-started what happened at Tannadice. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it's a little bit of a poison chalice getting into Europe. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, as we've spoken about with Hearts, obviously, their squad getting ravaged, and that wasn't just in Europe. But I think it is hard um, for, for teams that start the season going to these competitions. And obviously, the Altmar result just kick-started a, a tailspin for United, and he just couldn't correct it. But uh, for me, like last, uh, me and Greg were speaking the other day, but what was really damning for me was last Sunday was A, that I thought United players pretty much gave up, uh, albeit Celtic played brilliantly, nobody's getting away from that, but they absolutely gave up, and B, they didn't even they didn't even go out with, with a few yellow cards, they didn't even like, get stuck <laughs> yeah. in and start kicking them, they did nothing. And for me, that's when you look at that going, that team just couldn't give a shit. They just mm-hmm. literally couldn't give a shit. And then when they go to Livingston three days later and, and win... Uh, what we've just said is a hard ground albeit Livingston are in brilliant form it's still a hard place to go and win and you start thinking it's the same players <laughs> it's the same assistant manager so I don't think they change too much and you think how can that be and it almost as though the players just I don't know I don't know what's went on behind the scenes but it all indicates that something bad's happened there um, um, but Jack's always been when he was at St Murray he was very widely held to have a, a great uh, rapport with the players in the dressing room and they all love playing for him and training with him and all that sort of stuff so I don't know what's happened there I really don't Yeah it kind of feels as if he's just been very unfortunate you obviously would have seen them last week at uh, Tanadice when St Mirren won there and I think out of all the results that's probably the one which raised the, the alarm bells the most no offence to St Mirren but you know. offence taken <laughs> <laughs> Heavy, heavy defeats in Europe for a team like the United against a, a reasonably good Dutch team and then for Celtic to do what they did to them you can kind of get away with to a certain extent but I suppose you know, you've know you got to be winning games at home against the likes of St Mirren if you've got ambitions of repeating what they did last season No, totally I think you're right the way that you ran over them was a surprise um, and I think that was the one where everybody started going hang on a minute there's something seriously wrong here I mean Celtic will beat Team 7 by seven, eight goals. Of course they can do that. But on the back of the Altmar one as well, and then, as you say, four at Hearts, and then three against us, losing at home at Livingston. It was just, obviously the board just decided that enough is enough. But 71 days is an unbelievable um, record. And he was only in charge, actually, competitive game for 32 days. Um, that's That even puts into perspective Alan Stubbs' time at St Murray, sacked him <laughs> after 77 days. And at least he won a few games. Um, yeah. So, yeah, unbelievable. But I really, really like Jack. He you know, obviously gave me 18 brilliant months as a Sutton fan. And, but I'm actually now quite happy that we dodged that bullet because he, he was approached to come back to us when Goodwin left and obviously he knocked it back, which was sore at the time, but I'm quite glad now. That's a fickle world, Greg. Very fickle. Very, very <laughs> fickle. Um, I guess you have to feel from a little bit in the fact that the stock's at an all-time low now. Where does Jack Ross go next? Certainly won't be a side in the Scottish Premiership. I think he's going to have to look t- towards the Championship uh, to get a, a gig again in Scotland. Um, I think Dungeon United is probably going to be the biggest club he'll manage again in terms of that's he's, the only way he's down for him at the moment, unless something miraculous happens. But that said, he's had three massive payouts, one at Hibs, one at Sunderland and one at Dungeon United. So financially, he's he's very sound, very very sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, I think he's quite an ambitious guy, though. So, um, and he does. I know that's a real blot in his copybook. You know what's happened at the Day United, but he's probably still held in reasonably high esteem. I think so. Yeah, he's one of those managers as well. He's not. 
he's not an unlikable person. No. He's quite likeable, I would say, Jack Ross. I don't think many fans outside of teams that he managed would have anything bad to say about him. So I'm sure he'll get another gig somewhere, but I guess the big question is going to be is where will that be? Yeah, yeah. So best of luck to him, but let's have a wee look at the game Saturday. So they're away to Motherwell. They obviously won last night. And I suppose the question is, can the, I was going to say new manager bounce, the, <laughs> the new caretaker manager bounce, uh, work wonders for them again at Fir Park? Well, the same thing happened to Motherwell. They got rid of um, Graham Alexander and they then went to Aberdeen and beat Aberdeen 3-2. <laughs> so I think what Dundee United were in last night as well really puts me off doing any sort of bet in this match. Mm-hmm. And on my pre-podcast notes, it just simply says no bet. Yeah, fair enough. Dev, you got any angles on this one? Uh, no, I similarly have no bet. I mean, you've got a referee, Craig Napier, is actually quite a low any card average as well, so there's not really much angle there. Um, corners doesn't look brilliant either. I had a look at both teams. It's just one of those that there's much better opportunities elsewhere, so I think it's just best left alone. Okay. And I think that's Dungeon United now looking for their 26th manager in 30 years. Wow. That's <laughs> the latest stat that I read since Jim McLean in 1992. Over the last 30 years, I've had 25 managers in <laughs> Comparison to St Johnston, they've had 11. So, massive, massive numbers. I think it's not just the United managers that have got issues there. There's definitely issues behind the scenes as well yeah, in terms yeah. of getting people in. Yep, be interesting to see who, who gets the gig in the end up. Okay, we'll have a wee look at Ross County v Aberdeen. Div, Aberdeen up in the fourth in the table. I guess you've got to say they've had a, a good start to the season. That defeat to Motherwell really makes them hard to trust at the moment, though. Um and I will also, before, before you tell us your thoughts on the game, I remember a couple of weeks ago saying that you weren't impressed at all by Ross County um, when they were, I think they were in Paisley a couple of weeks ago, were they? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a, another one, another sit one win. I've kind of lost count. <laughs> uh, they were okay. I just think the, the plaudits they got at the start of the season were, for me, a little bit misguided. Yeah, they, mm. they play some pretty stuff here and there, but... I don't see much difference between them this season and last, but this season they don't have Regan Charles Cook scoring goals, and yeah. I think for me that's the big difference. So they might be okay, they might not be, but um, I'm, I'm not buying that they're some sort of football, you know, super <laughs> super team, not like St Marin. Um, so yeah, Aberdeen, Aberdeen on the road. I mean, we, we spoke about this a lot last season. They're never really to be trusted. I know they did win in Perth, but. This is a game that they, they really should be going and winning if they're going to have any serious aspirations of finishing third on the table. Um, and they might well do, but I won't be touching them in terms of the, the win market, I don't think. Uh, for me, this has got a good angle on cards. Yeah, Greg, you mentioned there about the Motherwell win at Pataudry, where Aberdeen maybe just unlucky to catch Motherwell off the back of Robinson, uh, Graham Alexander leaving. Yeah, I don't think had... Robinson had, sorry, um, Graham Alexander still been there. I don't think Motherwell would have won that match. So it was fortuitous for Motherwell. And to be fit to Aberdeen, it's probably the only off day they've had. Okay, they got beat themselves like an opening day, but I think that was expected anyway. So I think they can be forgiven, but I agree with Devin the fact that Aberdeen away from home probably still can't be trusted yet. They are 65 to win this match, Aberdeen. But I've got a, a little bet builder, which I prefer than backing Aberdeen to win. Yep, so that also ties in, well, gives you some cover with the bet, uh, draw as well in that bet builder. It, it does, yeah. So I, I don't think Aberdeen will lose this match. I think they've sold out their allocation. 
I know Dev put this up in the Pine Bovril Twitter feed that again another sellout for a Scottish team away from home, which is great. So there'll be a great atmosphere in Dingwall for this match. Don't think Aberdeen will lose. Aberdeen scoring goals, they do look a threat. I still think Aberdeen are suspect at the back a little bit. Um, and Ross County, I've not seen a lot of Ross County this season, but I do think we'll see two goals in this game. And given Aberdeen will probably have the lion's share of possession, they are worth backing to get four corners, given the fact they've hit three, four, five, five and eight so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a 20 to, 21 to 20 bet builder, Aberdeen double chance, two match goals and four Aberdeen corners. Yep, and I'm quite surprised that you're not touching cards on this because Div's all over it. Now, cards looks very attractive, but looking at Ross County to get two cards is only two to nine. So I opted to leave that out. Okay. Over to you, Div. Over to you. Well, yeah, obviously, we have uh, everyone's friend Kevin Clancy in charge, which is a good start when you're you're looking at cards. 24 uh, yellows and three reds in these six games so far this season. But I think the interesting thing here is Aberdeen are the lowest uh, card count in the league. Uh, They've only had four yellow cards in their opening five games. uh, And they're coming up against a county side who are the third highest in the league with 12. So... Um, County in their two home games so far had four bookings and then uh, or 40 points sorry in their first game and 75 points in their second so they are they are going to win the card count for me so it's just a case of whether or how you can get value out of it County minus one uh, is a little bit rich for me at 2.75 but I still think it's 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 an attractive price but what I've gone for is minus 0.5 which is the Asian cards handicap so basically saying that County have got one more card than Aberdeen which I think is, is almost a given it's a gift for me it's just under 45 1.75 which I think is a really good price um, I think County will definitely get a couple of cards and as I say Aberdeen seem to be one of the more disciplined sides in the, in the, mm-hmm. the country at the moment so I think for County just to get one more than them looks looks pretty much nailed on for me they're obviously quite a physical side County as we've seen uh, in previous uh, previous weeks so hopefully they'll they'll get torn into the dawns and give them a good kicking yep. and I must say it's, it's a pleasure to see the evolution of different dawns <laughs> betting uh, approach over the years a bit like David Weatherston on involved now on Asian lines absolutely sensational <laughs> well, I tend to do I, my bets tend to do a lot better the weekend when I come on the podcast and I spend because I spent a couple of hours this morning going through the games and doing all the research that I probably don't have time to do most weeks so uh, I think you might be right, Greg, that I got every one of my tips right the last time I was on. Um, I think you did, mate. I think you yeah, did. Yes, I'd like to go on about <laughs> that. But, uh, but yeah, so that's I really like that angle, I think, in this game. Ross County minus 0.5 on the Asian cards handicap. What a yep. mouthful. And Div, while we're on the subject, am I right in thinking you had a quid on Celtic to win 9-0 last week as well? I did. And it's one of those things that I was really hungover after over-celebrating one's win against Hibs uh, on Saturday. So on Sunday morning, I was sitting hungover, tapping away. And I, obviously, everybody had been talking about Liverpool winning 9-0 the day before. And you know that way that football sometimes throws those weird things up? Um, so I thought, see, I'd, obviously, everybody fancied Celtic to score a few. So I did a kind of ladder over three, over four, over five, over six. And I was getting up there and I thought, I'm just going to put a pound on to win 9-0 <laughs> just for a laugh. <laughs> so it became a very profitable laugh. I did cash it in because 
I'm a lightweight, but uh, when they scored the ninth, there was still 10 minutes to go. And yeah, I think yeah. the whole ground started getting animated and started shouting for 10. And I thought, oh, they might just go for 10. So I got, I think, 90 quid I cast out for, which is nice still try. 90 to 80, 91. So, um, yeah, it was um, one of those things. As my friends say, you throw enough darts to you, now and again, you're going to have a <laughs> break, so. The funny thing was, Dungeon had a really good chance in the first minute to go win the lap. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but as you know, it's one of those silly bets that you do. So I won a good few quid last weekend. So um, it just capping off an amazing weekend that I had. Obviously, was one winning yet again. Yeah, uh, I think that might there might be a few uh, punters piling to Celtic goals for between now and the rest of the season. It looks like they they, they won't stop, as Ange would say. You know, once they get a couple couple up, they just see me pile on and, and go for the jugular. So, yeah, maybe one worth looking out for. But well done to you for, what was it, 150 to 1 originally? 150 to 1, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, think we'll see that price again. <laughs> Not bad at all. OK, let's have a look at the, the proper match of the day, the Battle of the Saints, the, the Gambler Derby at St Johnson v St Mirren. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, Greg, let's go with you. It's three defeats in a row for St Johnson. Uh, having said that, I don't, I don't suppose you'd really have expected much from some of the games that you have played this season. But this is certainly a game where you'd be looking to take something. No, I think we've had a pretty tough start. If you think about who we've played, we've essentially played four of what you want to classify as the top five for the big five. Obviously, we beat Motherwell, which is the only side we've played outside of that top five in terms of clubs. So. Tough start. That Motherwell win was very, very important. I think we were, I wouldn't say unlucky against Aberdeen, but that free kick was tremendous and that essentially separated the teams. We weren't that bad at Tynecastle on Saturday. I think we took advantage of a potential European hangover by Hearts and the fact that we're missing some, some key players. But defensively, again, very, very poor. I wouldn't say we give we gave um, Hearts three goals, but wasn't far off that. And to lose a late penalty on as well to lose that match. This is the sort of games we have to be winning at home. No disrespect to St Mirren, <laughs> but we need to get three points here. I dread to think the um, the backlash there'll be on social media if we lose this match on Saturday. And that's just from um, you. That's just for me. <laughs> so, six to four for St Johnston win. I must admit, St Mirren at two to one, one of the form teams in the league at two to one. It's a very, very attractive price against a St Johnston side whose home form is dire. Don't screw many goals at home, but don't screw many goals at all. Um, I've got no bet here. I really can't find an angle in this match. Wouldn't back against us. My biggest thing for St Mirren is. To win four games in the spin in this league this season is some feat. And I said last weekend, I don't think Motherwell are going to win three games in a row and they got beat at Kilmarnock. I'm going to go with that same approach here. I don't think St Mirren have got the minerals to win four games in the spin. And that means it's either going to be a draw or a St Johnston win. But I don't think St Mirren will win this. You taking that, Dev? Uh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> Well, do you know what? I think, let's be honest, this game is a game that we've spoken about over the last couple of seasons. It's not a game that's usually blessed with goals. There's only been four goals scored the last six meetings of the teams in Perth. Every single game going under one and a half goals. So either nil-nil or one-nil. But I, I do I do sense a shift in St Mum. I'm not saying we're suddenly world beaters, but we've got a, we've got a system. We've played it. 
and we're we're getting better and better at it. And I think the recruitment we've done in the summer has been stellar. It's been really, really good. Um, and we are in a really good place just now. Um, whether we can continue, I, I do agree. Four four wins in the spin seems unlikely for a for a team with our budget, but. I see no reason why we can, can't go to Perth and win. Um, we are so solid at the back. We've not lost a goal in the last three games. We are scoring goals, albeit we're still missing too many chances for my liking. We are scoring. Um, I think Big Ayunga's been a, a, an excellent signing. Keanu Bacchus in the middle of the park, fantastic. Mark Ahar has been brilliant. Um, I could go through the whole team. Um, we just look really, really solid at the moment. And we play a kind of weird game where we genuinely don't, seem to want the ball too much you know I've Robinson got and I think I slated him on the uh, podcast too much of the ball <laughs> but he's absolutely right if you actually look at our stats in the last couple of games we've had like 30% of the ball and it's all based on a counter-attacking pl- platform that we have and it works a treat um, you know we play a back three um, which becomes a five and then when we break with the ball the two wing backs are getting forward really quick and the three guys in the middle of the park got so much energy it's it's really good to watch actually if if you know, it's not a silky football, but it's exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to go to Perth and, and hopefully see us get a fourth win. And I, I see a couple of angles here, but mostly to do with cards um, because St. Johnson obviously are hammer throwers. Um, <laughs> they've won every card match in every single game that they've played this uh, season so far. And they're 2.4 to win the card match on Saturday, which I think is a reasonable price given that Daniel Phillips is an absolute certainty to get at least a yellow. Um, Colin Stevens are F, so four reds in six games from him with 17 yellows. So again, not too shy of reaching for his uh, top pocket. And so, so I've got a, an amazing bet for the camera listeners out there. Amazing bet. So I started off with this. Daniel Phillips will be up against Jonah Ayunga um, from St. Mons. So Phillips has been yellow carded three games out of three for St. Johnson. Ayunga has been yellow carded three games out of five for St. Mons. They're going to go up against each other. So both of them to get booked, which seems pretty good value to me, is pay 6.5, the double, right? But listen to this. Both of them, they get sent off. A thousand to one. A thousand to one. Two red cards, a wee bit argy-bargy between the two of them. Punch is thrown. It's worth 50 pence, and nobody will persuade me otherwise. It's I think if this lands, we'll have to close the, the Gamble Better podcast. Yeah, I think that will, that will end this. <laughs> a thousand to one. Uh, Phillips is 25 to one for a red. A younger 33 to one if you don't fancy the ridiculous bet. But honestly, I, I think there's going to be a bit of a battle between those two. If they, assuming they both start... Um, I, I definitely think that could be a war of attrition between those two. So, if, yeah. If that, um, if that happens, Dave, I want you to enter the field of play and escort both of them off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, is collecting your thousand pound for your honestly, quid that you've put down I'm, on it? I'm putting fifty pence on it. As I said last week of the nine 0 Celtic game, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm going to have fifty pence on that. Um, you never know. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I think someone at two to one are a really good price, but I wouldn't really be touching it given our record in Perth is pretty dismal to be fair, even though we, we did win the last one. Yeah, Greg, you've also previously mentioned Daniel Phillips on the podcast. It's now three out of three yellows for him. Yeah, he's a bit of an animal to be fair. Um he, I think he was thirteen bookings and three reds at Gillingham last season in twenty three matches and he's got a hundred percent record so far for us. Um, at St. John's and so yeah I can't argue with any of what they've said I think the double 
um, looks really solid. And just looking through our card stats, as they've said, we've hit four, three, two, five, and four. So we'd fully expect us to, to hit at least another two or three cards here in, in this match in a game that we really need to get three points from. Yeah. Okay. So the double booking of Daniel Phillips and a younger first St Mirren pays 72, I think it is, Div. That's right, and, yep. And our uh, Holyrood bet of the weekend is a thousand to one shot of both to be sent off by referee Colin Stephen. So yeah, we'll have a I'll have a quid on that. Okay, that's us covered the Premiership. We'll have a look at the Championship very quickly. We'll try and speed through some of these. Uh, Air United still top of the pile after a terrific win over Dundee last week. And Div, last time you were on the podcast, we spoke about the potential for five draws of a weekend in the Championship with no Friday night game this weekend. So it is on. This Saturday. Yeah, I, I fancy it again. I've, I've done it every week. Permanent three, four, and five. Uh, so 10 bets at 30p, five bets at 30p, and one bet at 50 pence, which is a Greg Browning copyright, but I've stolen it <laughs> uh, for draws in the championship. Five pounds stake. This week it returns 459 pounds and eight pence. And I think if you look at the games, I think Cove v Hamilton is a good, a good argument that that could be a draw. I think Dundee Queen's Park will be very close. For all we are playing well, they have struggled at Capelo in the past a couple of seasons. I think that's usually a close game. And Morton are decent at home. Wraith v Inverness. Inverness aren't playing well at the moment. That's a wee bit of a doubt there. But Wraith can be hot and cold. And so it's and then a Broth Partick, who obviously played on Tuesday night and at Farhill, and that was only settled by one goal, even though our both haven't won this season. So you could make an argument for five draws again. So I'm just going to keep doing it every single week. It only has to come up once. Um, and you make a couple of hundred quid profit over the season. So I think um, it came up, certainly came up at least once last season. Um, and so, yeah, just keep on piling that fiver on every week. Yeah, and as you say, the parents just gives you a wee opportunity to get some return. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it paid, it paid out uh, one of the weeks so far, I think about 20 odd quid mm-hmm. just for a, a treble. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a good wee bet, um, especially as you say, when all the games are at least kicking off at the same time. Yeah. Anything standing out for you in the Championship, Greg? Not really, no. It's a really tricky card, and I have to agree. I would say there's three really solid bets in terms of the draw. As they've said, you said Cove v Hamilton, Morton v Ayr, and Wraith and Vaness. Those three definitely look very, very strong for the draw. And that's probably reflected by the fact you're just getting over two to one for the draw in some of these games. But Thistle away to Arbroath. Thistle in pretty good shape. 4-1 against Inverness. 2-1 v Wraith last weekend. And they have made their way into the twilight of the League Cup. And I've now got a shocking away match at Aberdeen. So I'm afraid for Thistle fans, there's not going to be any Hamden trip this season. But always next season. Yeah, fingers crossed for them the way. Um, Okay, another quid, shall we say, Div, on that. You can tell I won a few quid last week. Splatter <laughs> <laughs> cash this weekend. Uh, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to multiply it this weekend as well with some of the bets that you're putting on. Uh, into League One, and we've got Airdrie and Fernland who are still top. They shared the points last weekend. Uh, Greg, you've already shared a bet against Peter Head again uh, earlier in the week when Trolls are the visitors up north this weekend. Yeah, I do feel for Peter Head. I feel every week. I'm on this podcast slating them and they keep delivering though. They keep getting beat. So yeah. I think um, we've backed them, what, six, seven times already this season and they've delivered every time for us. Um, they got battered last weekend at Aloha. Uh, I still can't believe Aloha even to score two. 
for a side that has played nine matches this season and shipped at least two goals in every match. So absolutely no surprise at all that I'm back in Montrose to score two goals here at even money. Um, I think the Peterhead chairman released a statement during the week on, well, I read it on Twitter, uh, Roger Morrison, just about how tough it has been this season for Peterhead in terms of recruitment, getting players in. They're up against a lot of full-time clubs and it's almost like the perfect storm this season for them. Um, it's going to be a struggle. They're going to go down um, and they just miles off it. Mm-hmm. It is a really tough league for them, to be fair. They are playing against some sides, much bigger budgets, bigger squads. Obviously, this is a part-time team. Location-wise as well, right in the northeast of Scotland, miles from anywhere. So their kind of pot of players they can get are really from the Highland League, and they've tried to do that, but a lot of the players that have come into that side hasn't worked out yet. Mm-hmm. So Montrose, in a good run of form at the moment, won their last two matches, 2-1 at home to Clyde, 3-0 against Kelty Hearts, Rory McAllister grabbing his first couple of goals from Montrose, and you have to say, to score two goals here looks a really attractive bet at even money, as does the Montrose Corners match bet. They were 8-13 to, to win this, it's now 1-2, to two. but bearing in mind Peter Head have only hit, I think, 12 corners in their five matches. So yeah. not even three corners per match, and they're shipping ten per game almost. So fully expecting Montrose to win the corner count here too. Yeah, I think it's been a wee bit of money for that Montrose bet, Greg. It's four to five, one bet three six five when I checked this morning. Still very backable at that price though. Yeah, definitely back at that price. I think we shared this on Monday morning, so we're now um, later on in the week. So yeah, yeah. Okay, anything for you standing out in League One, Div? Uh, I kind of had, I've got the Montrose one um, as well. I think I had them, as Greg says, start the week even money. I think you can get them up to 2.15 if you take them to win and score two goals. Um, Peterhead didn't score against them at all last season, I don't think. So I think the Montrose win looks a, looks a stick on here. It's just a case of whether you can get the goals or not, um, which I'm sure they will, given Peterhead's problems. Uh, quite fancy Airdrie, always fancy Airdrie at home. Um, their home record's unbelievable um, I think they've scored two goals in seven of the last ten and they've only had one loss in the last 18 league games at home um, but they're playing Edinburgh and Edinburgh are a kind of funny team they've, they've won uh, two away games this season scoring six goals so it kind of put me off a wee bit um, but I do still think Airdrie to, to win and score over two goals over 1.5 goals at just under 45 is a reasonable shout um, but I don't think I'll be touching it um, but uh, the only other thing I have in this league, I, I really fancy Falkirk to win um, at Kelty because Kelty look pretty dreadful at the moment and Falkirk seem to have found a bit of form, scoring nine goals in the last three games. I think Falkirk to win at Kelty at 1.9 looks looks tidy or you can be maybe less risky or whatever way you want to look at it. Falkirk to score two goals, 1.83 looks looks reasonable as well. Uh, I'm trying to think yeah. who's, um, who came into Mint- to, to Kelty Hearts. Uh, it was John or, Potter, John was Potter's it? the manager, yeah. Mm. So they've not, not won a game yet, and no. they've only got one point, which is the one at home to Dunfermline. That's the only thing that kind of... Dunfermline don't score many goals, whereas Falkirk are scoring goals. So I think Falkirk to, to win at Kelty looks a reasonable bet to me. Greg, I don't know about you, but I'm still... Um, Falkirk are still on the naughty list from, from last no, season. No, not for I, me. I, I don't I, think I, I can... not have that chat. No, not at all. I just don't <laughs> think I can trust them at those short prices. No, they're back in the back in the wagon now, Falkirk. Okay. More than happy to back them. 
Good shout, Dave. Good shout. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. <laughs> okay, League Two, Dumbarton are setting a fine pace in League Two. They have won five out of five. They're now five points clear, but they've got a truly tricky trip to, trip to East Fife uh, on Saturday. Um, they've actually lost their last five visits to Bayview, and East Fife's only defeat so far this season has been to Bonnie Rig. Uh, and I think that was the first game of the season, Bonnie Riggs' first game at this level. And I've no doubt that it was a kind of gala day for Bonnie Riggs. So East Fife might have just been caught up in that a wee bit. Uh, I mean, this, this will probably be as tough a game as Dumbarton will get, or have had so far anyway, a trip to East Fife. Yeah, I'd, uh, I did the same research as you and, and, and saw that East Fife have got a really good record at home against Dumbarton. Um, so I, I think East Fife have also scored uh two goals or more against Dumbarton the last seven times that they've been in five, so they, they seem to, Dumbarton don't seem to like that ground for whatever reason, so I kind of I picked out over two and a half of both teams to score in this game, and also a couple of other games as a wee treble, but as Greg says, I find this league pretty tough this season, there's no yeah. kind of single outstanding, I know Dumbarton are unbeaten and have won all their games, but it just seems tough. It's a, it's a tough league. I, I quite fancy goals at Elgin City against Bonnie Rigg. Elgin have had both teams to score in all five games, uh, and Bonnie Rigg have scored in four of their five games. Um, so I think over two and a half goals in both teams to score at Elgin, Bonnie Rigg looks reasonable. And then I think um, there's a scope for goals at Stenny Strenard, which I think Greg's picked out already as well. Yes. Um... I think as well, yeah, this league for goals this weekend does look very attractive, but the Steny Sonar match kind of stood out for me. Massive, massive win last weekend for Steny. They started the campaign off really well with a home win against Albion Rovers, but had since gone on to lose their next three. Their games finishing in 2 1, 3 0, 3 1, and 2 1. And they're playing a Sonar side who, to be fair to them, have been very competitive this season. They've had some really tough games. They've played East Fife 2 2, they drew 2 2 with Bonnie Rigg at home and they were 2-2 v Elgin so both sides scoring goals conceding goals and I'm more than happy to take over 2.5 goals in this match at 5-4 sorry 4-5 yeah so you're like the single div you're quite happy to combine all three for a treble <laughs> I'm just greedy so <laughs> I've got uh, both teams to score and over 2.5 treble Stenny Stranar Elgin Bonnyrig and East Fifton Barton and that pays just over 8-1 to one. nice one ok I think that's has covered just about everything uh, across the four divisions in Scotland Greg can you just give us a re- recap of your bets yeah just before I do that um, in terms of the channel itself I've started a new feature this week where we'll also be kind of doing a summary of the weekend's tips by the guest on the podcast now short horror we do it this week when Dev's got 87 bets <laughs> on the channel so I better start getting typing <laughs> um, but yeah in terms of my bets for this weekend starting off in on Saturday Celtic v Rangers I'm taking Celtic over 3.5 first half corners at 75 then moving on to uh, corners double from the Edinburgh sides I've got Hearts to win the match corners bet at Livingston and Hibs over 4.5 match corners against Kilmarnock, and that pays 5-4 to four with bet 3.65. And finally in the Premiership, Aberdeen double chance at Ross County, over 1.5 match goals and over 3.5 Aberdeen corners, and that pays 21-20 to 20 on a bet 3.65 bet builder. Into League One, Montrose over 1.5 goals at Peterhead, which was evens on Monday, I think that's now 4-5. And finally, into League Two, Stenhouse Muir versus St Mirren. St Mirren? Maybe, maybe in a few years. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> over 2.5 goals at 4 to 5. And like the last two weekends, I've shared in the channel a corners match bet double and treble. And I'll have another one on the channel this weekend as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dev? <laughs> I'll try to keep this sweet out. So, um, Celtic to win race to seven corners in the Old Firm game on uh, Saturday, 2.10. I'll go decimal, as you know, Greg. Uh, Hibs v Kilmarnock, both teams to get two plus cards, 2.20. Um, Hearts to win corner match bet, minus one against Livingston. That's also 2.0 evens. Then Ross County, minus 0.5 on the Asian Cards Handicap against Aberdeen. That's 1.75. Uh, these are all bet 365, obviously. Um, and then I'll come back to my kind of more Hollywood-type bets in a minute. Uh, the five draws in championship right enough is a bit of a Hollywood one, I think. The um, And then the over two and a half in both teams to score. Steny Stranraer, Elgin City, Bonnyrigg, and East Fife and Barton in League Two. Uh, when I've missed one in League One, Falkirk to beat Kelty at 1.9. And then my Hollywood bets, uh, Daniel Phillips and Jonah Younger both to get carded 6.50 in, at Perth. And the red card, Hollywood doubler, 1,000 to 1. <laughs> Two red cards, Daniel Phillips and Jonah Younger, 50 pence of your English Sterling on that. Fully expecting yeah. David Donald's tips piece to start on Monday uh, once this wins. <laughs> if that wins, yeah. <laughs> one, one I'm retiring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all over. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, now, don't forget, you can follow the guys, both of them, on Twitter at uh, Browning84Greg and at Pie and Bov. And of course, if you want to get involved in more chat about Scottish football, then make sure you join the forums at pieandbovril.com. And if you want more tips like these from Greg, then make sure you join his Telegram channel. Um, you can visit his Twitter feed for all the details on how to sign up there. And that's us for this weekend. We've got a great weekend of betting ahead of us, and fingers crossed for that 1,000 to 1 double. Thank you very much for listening, and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Thanks very much, guys. All the best. <laughs>